Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. And welcome to, uh, I almost said Foundation Friday, Tony. Jeez, uh, had that on my mind. It is the coaching staff. It's the coaching staff. It's not the Foundation Friday. It is the coaching staff with my very good friend, Tony D. Viss. Mr. Viss, how are you this evening? I'm doing well, Marty. How are you doing? Uh, well, you know I'm a little sleep-deprived right now, so that's probably the reason why I said Foundation Friday instead of uh, the coaching staff. And, you know, we could have edited that out, uh, but, you know, we're going to leave it in there because we, we're going to be real and authentic with our listeners, my friend. I like it. All right. So uh, last week we, we had our debut episode. want to thank everybody for the support for that. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, this week, uh, or last week, we talked about uh, inventory and things that you would kind of want for your program and, you know, your wants and your needs. And you got to take care of your needs, of course, before your wants. Uh, this week, we're going to go about uh, talking about how you can afford some of those not only needs, but then you start getting into your wants when you have a little extra money rolling around. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, something that, unfortunately, when you get in or when you think about being a coach, uh, Tony, you don't really think about having to be a fundraiser as well as, you know, X's and O's and, and big locker room speeches and all that other stuff. Uh, but fundraising is, is really an integral part of any successful program. Uh, and, and I'm sure it's been the same way for you. I 100% agree with that. You know, you, I go back and I think of the classes that I took to get my coaching minor, and there was not one of them that talked about <laughs> fundraising. But then you get into today's educational athletic world at the high school level, and as tight as the budgets are and different things, fundraising is so very, very key so that you can offer an experience to the kids that otherwise, if you just based it on what you got from the state each year, they would not be able to get much. Yeah, not 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 much at all. So yeah, um, what? Uh, so 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 let's jump into it. You you know, uh, let, I, I tell you what. You, you talked a little bit off air about some classes that you took this summer, uh, and and you, you're working on your master's degree right now. And and so let's start with that, Tony. Let's just talk about some of the things that you learned in in that regard when it comes to handling of money and 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 doing stuff uh just from the academic point of view and then how would we apply that practically Mm -hmm. you know uh my my master's i'm trying to get is in athletic management and one of the things that was kind of interesting as we were taking this class and and going through it is the role of the athletic director in organizing and constructing these these different fundraisers you have the fundraisers which are for pretty much everyone, uh, whether you know, you're know you an activities director or an athletic director, so you might be including the fine arts and different things in your fundraiser there as well. And sometimes you run across where different programs have their own individual fundraisers that they want to do. So you're trying to make sure that those are conducted in a way that they're not overlapping, yep. that the products aren't, you know, not everybody is selling the butter braids or the frozen pizzas or whatever the case may be. You have a little bit of uh, diversity in that, a little bit of variety, if you will. Um, and so those were all interesting things to kind of take a look at. And so one of the one part of the assignment that we had to do is we had to reach out to 10 people and send them a uh, – a thing to fill out where they had like, you know, a questionnaire 
what do you prefer, what type of fundraisers and different things like that. And the thing I thought was kind of interesting is that most of the people that I ended up doing my, my poll with, they wanted discount cards. They didn't want, you know, just the butter braid or the pizza or whatever. They wanted a discount card, whether it's to local restaurants or mm-hmm. businesses or whatever the case may be. And then the other thing that they liked, and this one really kind of surprised me in the COVID world that we're in, is they wanted the athlete, they wanted the person that's trying to do the fundraiser to meet with them in person. And so I mm-hmm. thought that, that you know, that, that uh, touch, you know, knowing the person that that personal touch is so very, very key in terms of being able to be successful at the individual level and have good, good sales. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, for your, your players, you know, it's easy for them to take the, the nice stuff that they get from the fundraising that comes out of it. But one of my philosophies has always been kind of tying into that, Tony. It's ironic that you said that because one of the things on my list to talk about tonight was making sure that your players have ownership to the fundraiser, that mm-hmm. it's it's not just uh, mom and moms and dads or some, you know, a couple of parents come in with a big check and then, boy, that's just, you know, that would be easy to do. But, you know, just as well as I do, there's usually a bunch of strings atta- attached to something like that. So, mm-hmm. um so I, I, I really, oh, the, the things that we've done in my career, uh, it's, it's always been uh, a big thing, and I've tried to sell it to my parents, uh, that the players need to have ownership with it, that there needs to be some sort of component with it that our players have to be involved with the process in some way, shape, or form on a high level. Uh, now, when I was teaching and coaching at a private school, that philosophy was a little bit different uh now that i'm at a public school um you know it's just kind of a different uh mindset for me because one of the things that i had a bit of an issue with when it came to fundraising when i was at a private school was i i kind of had a hard time going to parents who were paying a pretty decent chunk of change for their for their son or daughter or in this case their daughter to uh, go to the school itself already, and then for me to ask for more was, you know, I, I just I just had a hard time with that, and and I know that there were some parents that had you know pretty deep pockets, and it wasn't that big of a deal. But I always felt like I wanted to respect everybody, and I knew everybody wasn't in that situation. Uh, have you ever been in that spot, Tony? Yeah, you know, it's one of those things where when I first started teaching, I was in a parochial private school, kind of like what you were before you went to Fort Calhoun. And like you said, it is a situation where they do have to pay a decent chunk of change for the tuition and stuff. And then to turn around on top of that and have to do a fundraiser, you know, that that can be challenging. While here in the public arena, you know, at Cedar Rapids Kennedy, um, you know, it's just a little bit different. And I agree with you. They've got to have some skin in the game. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of them, hey, can we just cut you a check type thing? and not have to go out and sell the butter braids or the frozen pizzas or the discount card or whatever the case may be. And and, and we do offer that option, but there's a part of me that, you know, kind of like, hey, I really like for you to kind of get on board here. And so uh, in our soccer program, one of the things that they did that was really kind of neat is – they organized them into teams and made it more competitive. So you might have a group of eight, 10 players and, you know, four or five different groups or whatever. And so you give a prize to that group that, that sells the most. And then on top of that, we had one that they get with, with soccer, they gave them a free pair of cleats for the person that sold the most. We were selling frozen pizzas at that time. And mm-hmm. so 
those were always good. And we did it in a short amount of time because it's one of those things when you do a fundraiser, if it goes weeks on end, it's, you know, uh, well, I'll get to it. We're all like to procrastinate and stuff like that. Sure. Well, if you make it over a shorter period of time while it's on their mind and they've got three, four days or whatever the case may be, week, whatever, um, they really get after it a lot more then. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, in, in, in your career, uh, what are some of the fundraising activities that you have participated in that have been successful uh, and, and maybe some that haven't been as successful? Uh, what's kind of the pros and the cons to, to even your successful ones? What are some things that you liked about it? What are some things that maybe even though it was successful, you didn't really like about it? Yeah, uh the one that's probably been the most successful, whether it was, you know, at Kennedy or whether it was in Harlan was our golf fundraiser. And that was a program wide one in Harlan. It basically, that was the only fundraiser you had to do the entire year. Yeah. And so at Kennedy, it raises tens of thousands of dollars, but we have, you know, so many different sports and stuff like that. And one of the things that, that our AD has done, and I think it's been a good thing is the fact that, Hey, you've got to meet four different qualifications to be able to get your percentage, the full percentage of the money that's raised. You got to get a whole sponsor. You got to get someone to be at the, the golf tournament for several hours that, that day. You have to get a gift basket that people are going to do like a silent auction with. But you have these things that you have to get in order to get your full chunk of the pie, so to speak. Um, that one, that one's, you know, interesting from the standpoint you know sometimes it's it's hard to get people that want to be at this golf fundraiser for several hours yeah. we usually had pretty good luck in getting people that would golf for us mm-hmm. uh they would jump in the fundraiser and do that we had pretty good luck at getting a gift basket together that people would do the auction stuff with but the part that was kind of challenging at time was getting someone that wanted to be there for several hours you know in the middle of july or whatever the case may be are they talking um, like a coach or a parent or what are you, what are you talking about with somebody being yeah, there? mostly most of the time it was a parent okay um you know coach wise i would go out there um, I'm not much of a golfer. I struggle with mini golf, so being on the big course really wasn't an option for me. But you know, go out there and and kind of be around and, and and you know thank people and and you know talk to people and different things. The alumni and people that are coming out to golf, just make sure that you're there and different things. That part of it was was something that I would try to do, and then. Um, if we had trouble getting a parent to volunteer, then if I needed to, I could step in and do that. Mm-hmm. Um, other ones that we've done, we have kind of a unique situation where we have three high schools in Cedar Rapids. Yeah. We have one football stadium. And so when your team is hosting uh, the game at the stadium, you have to provide workers. So there's usually like 15 to 25 volunteers. And so, you know, you have to, you know, maybe, maybe be a ticket taker or make sure that you know, students can't go from one side of the stadium to the other side of the stadium or whatever the case may be. That one was kind of challenging from time to time to get, you know, 15 to 25 volunteers that wanted to work that. And you usually yeah. got about 40 bucks a pop for your volunteer to do that. Um, we've done others where fill the concession stand and work at the concession stand. And again, they give you about $35, $40 a person that would volunteer to do something like that. Yeah. That would get donated to your program. Uh, we had this deal called bench warmers at Kennedy. I don't know if they still do it or not. It was kind of like a fantasy football thing where you would buy these tickets and you would get teams and players and stuff. And if they did really well, they could earn you money. And sometimes if they did really, really poorly, they could earn you money. And then we did another one in the spring uh, with NCAA tournament for the men's teams. 
and that one those both both seem to go pretty well uh that was kind of one where you, know, you had to get people motivated and the thing was they wanted each athlete to sell about four or five tickets and those worked pretty well also and, and then uh in mount vernon and that's a town close to here they had a trivia night and that one always seemed to go really really well for them but those are some of the the different fundraising ideas that that i've heard of mm. that have done well uh mm-hmm. girls soccer here they did a can drive where they would put uh the can shed would give them a big uh area that people could come and dump their cans in from their garage and they would make hundreds of dollars in a day doing that sometimes and so that was another one that was pretty successful that one you know just getting people that want to be there all day and might get you know a little bit sticky with the cans and everything but you know those those were some of the issues it's kind of the volunteer thing but if you kind of you know set it up and make sure that everybody has a part in it many hands make light work yeah you know i think you brought up a good point especially like with your with your harlan uh, golf outing as as the as the the major or the 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 the, the prototype there can't I can't get those words out again so uh, <laughs> but uh, you know one of the things in, in my couple of years off I really thought about fundraising and how to do it better or what we could do and and one of the things I, I really uh, committed to off the floor was if I got back into it uh, when we were going to have a fundraiser a uh, I wanted to to do more with it, but uh, we were going to do one big thing a year, and, and kind uh-huh. of and kind of what I've told my parents ha- has been: Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna really bother you for one night a year, and the other 364 days of the year, I'm not gonna bother you for a dime. And and whatever we raise that night, that's what we have to work with, and it's up to me to make it work, whether it's a great night or a minimal night, and. Uh, and so that's the kind of the, the concept. And, and I think one of the big things when it comes to fundraising and, and, and tell me if you agree or disagree with this, Tony, uh, nickel and diming your parents, not only for their, for their financial stuff, but even more so their time, uh, I, I, you know, for, for us anyway, it has worked really, really well to say, here's the day we need everybody there, all hands on deck, no excuses. You got to be there unless it's a major family emergency or whatever it may be. But then we we all dive in, and then we're done, and then mm-hmm. we're done. And 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 then if you, if you have that type of philosophy, you've got to follow through with. I'm not going to go back to the well. I'm not going to ask for stuff. Uh, your thoughts on that, buddy? I agree. Uh, you know, it's one of those things. If you're going to do a fundraiser, you know you can't nickel and dime them to death. You have to do one, two or three big things. But if you sit there and continue to try to do fundraiser after fundraiser after fundraiser, you know, you're going to run your volunteers off because you, you've, you've heard it before. 20% of the people do 80% of the work. And if you just continue to, you know, overwork those 20% of the people, eventually you're going to wear them out and they're not mm-hmm. going to want to help you. But if mm-hmm. you, like you're saying, if you do one, two or three times a year and you, you, where you make good money out of you're talking thousands whether it's a you know a little kid basketball tournament on a weekend where you have a saturday sunday deal and you throw in a concession stand on top of it and you know you get a good number of teams and you get guys that'll volunteer to help you out with ref and stuff like that yep. you know you can make you know good money in those couple of days or, or, or golf outing or whatever the case may be but you mm-hmm. can't sit there and ask them for 10 15 20 25 days out of the year yep. you're gonna wear them out Absolutely. So, uh, 
in, in reference to this, and this is kind of the uh, the tent pole for tonight, is we had our big fundraiser last night, and and what uh, we what I kind of inherited uh, from the from the previous coach was the the concept of a, of a cornhole tournament or whatever i guess if you want to call it a tournament it's more of a social than it is uh really competitive and we do that on purpose um you know and and so my first year we uh, had a really really good night but there was some things that we needed to to clean up and do a little bit differently uh and and so while it's fresh in my head you know i i know some things that we did last night made the event run a whole lot smoother than and, and it went really smoothly the first year but I mean, this was this was a you know this is like this was like a cross country flight with no turbulence last night. So <laughs> at some point, something's going to get screwed up with it. I don't know what that's going to be, but uh, but you know, like I said, we 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 what, the way I explained it to my parents is you know this is going to be like a, a grad party or a wedding or something like that. We're going to work really really hard beforehand so that hopefully when we get to the event, it all runs really really smoothly. Um, and, and you just, it just kind of runs itself. And so you kind of stress yourself out until the actual night gets there and then boom, you kind of let it go. So, uh, some things that we did with it, we, we got a, uh, we got a location, uh, that was a central location that was really easy for people to know. Um, we, uh, we had plenty of space, which was really important, obviously. Um, we had, you know what the what I told we, we have about sixteen ish sets of parents, and we did the raffle basket thing, or we did the the gift baskets, but we did a raffle with it, and that's how mm-hmm. we got our players to get the their skin in the game, as you were saying, Tony. Uh, mm-hmm. We we said you had each player had to sell a minimum minimal amount of of raffle tickets, uh, and it doesn't matter which basket, and we had seven or eight baskets, um, but what we we had that carrot at the end of the stick where. Uh, whoever sold the most raffle tickets, uh, they get some gear. Uh, and then the most important thing, Tony, especially for uh, girls basketball players, they this young lady that sold the most raffle tickets, they get to run the music every day in practice. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's a big deal. That's a big deal. And you would be surprised because we, you know, we listen to music most of the time, not, not all the way through every practice, but we try to have it on there a fair amount of time. And, uh, you know, of course, the 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 sort of Damocles that's that's uh, hanging over their head is if they don't play hard uh, or concentrate or do what they're supposed to do, uh, then we'll listen to music. But it's going to be my music. So they're going to be listening to to Def Leppard and REO Speedwagon and they don't want that to happen. So that kind of keeps them going as well. But that's how we kind of get our kids into it. And, and, you know, we just really emphasize the more tickets you sell, the most the more nice things we can do for you. And. Mm -hmm. Um, again, we, we over communicate with our, with our parents and our players and, uh, we just worked really, really hard. I, I put, uh, I kind of, you know, our juniors and seniors parents now kind of know that they're in charge of this event, uh, each year and they're the ones that are kind of leading the charge. Our, our parents were awesome with our event. Uh, they were really, really organized. Uh, while we were at the event last night, we had a 50-50 raffle, and, and that brought in a, a, a really nice amount of money for our program. And uh, what I, my job was to, uh, once we got all the teams signed up and we had a hard registration, here was my role. Uh, I ordered all the t-shirts through my, through my t-shirt guy. 
Mm-hmm. And I set up the entire schedule for the evening, and and my job was to to kind of just survey the scene and and make sure that that everything was running smoothly. And and I think that is your job. I, I think it's really important. Um, you know, usually at these type of functions, whether it's a golf tournament or a trivia night or a cornhole tournament, uh, usually there's there's some alcohol involved. I really I really t- think it's really important that you stay sober at these events um, mm-hmm. because then then things bad things can happen uh, when when that gets into the mix. You know, you can't micromanage every adult that's there. Adults are going to make adult decisions. You know, but but as a coach, you're, you're the you're the uh, symbol of the program and here you are asking your community for money and if you're sloppy drunk um that's not a good look i don't think yeah not a good look at all i think you'll find you know in that situation where all of a sudden you know people aren't going to want to be behind that not going to want to sponsor you and you're not going to get the the participation uh that you would otherwise and i think you know being sober and being one that's out there and, and keeping an eye on what's going on and thanking people and, you know, being visible. I think, like mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier, those are so very, very key for a coach in that role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I, what I did, and you were talking about thanking people. Um, I was at the front door and the first person that they saw coming in for better or worse was me. And I shook everybody's hand as they came in. Cause I knew that, that we were going to ask people for money. I looked them dead in the eye. Thank you so much. What's your name? Where are you from? What's your connection? If I didn't know who they were. Um, and, and I think just, you know, you are the face of your program. And, and if you, uh, you the you can you can create your perception by the way that you treat people and and for me it was really important last night to be at that front door to sh- to shake everybody's hand as they came in to to thank them for coming up you know they they could have done a lot of things last night um and they chose not to they chose not mm-hmm. to um they 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 came to our place and and they came in and, and and then our job is to make sure that they have a good time so hopefully everybody comes back again next year so um, and, and I, you know, we, we had a terrific night and, and, and our community has just been unbelievable. Uh, the support that we've had in my two plus years here, uh, has, has just been off the, off the charts. And, and so I can't thank, and I thanked them publicly, uh, uh, quite a bit last night, but you know, in this medium, I just want to thank my community for all that they did for our fundraiser this year. We, we had a terrific night. So that's great when you're in a community that's supportive like that, you know, and, and Marty, you were, you were talking about your behavior and stuff like that i think you know as a coach if you're going to have a high standard for your players you know i know you a lot of times talk about how you know you demand that your players get better as a coach you should also be getting better you Mm -hmm. know and it's the same thing here if you have a certain way you know say thank you look people in the eyes you know be be gracious and and be grateful and different things like that you as a coach have to model that behavior because that your players are watching that Mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely so anything else on fundraising mr viss yeah, quick question for you. Um, gotcha. You know, with yours last night, obviously that was specific to just the girls' basketball program at Fort yeah. Calhoun. Are there other uh, fundraisers that that are kind of more, you know, uh, sport wide throughout the athletic director is behind, or is it up to kind of each coach at Fort Calhoun to do their thing? Each each program does their own thing, but each program is only allowed to do one thing. So, okay. uh, so our football team does a does a golf outing. Our boys' basketball team does a uh like a poker night i think Mm -hmm. um 
Uh, I'm not sure, you know, those are kind of the big ones. Our volleyball coach is new this year, um, and and so I, I, I would imagine she's going to, you know, try to put something together here over the next 12 months as, as she starts to grow her program. She was a little bit of a late hire and just okay. trying to, you know, get everything figured out in that regard. Uh, you know, but but our rule at, at, at our school is that you're allowed to do one event, but... Uh, but that's it. You're not going to, you know, we're not going to do a, a cornhole tournament in on in August and then another one in, in April or something mm-hmm. like that. And and I wouldn't want that anyway. Like I said, I, I think it's, uh, you know, Coach Coach Meyer always used to say, keep the main thing the main thing, right? You know, mm-hmm. and and so this is our thing. We've, we've fallen into this. It works well for our program and our community. And we're going to keep the main thing the main thing. And and we've really streamed. You know, um, when I was out, uh, Tony, uh, I read uh, Walter Isaacson's book on Steve Jobs. And this, you know, it's like eight, it's 700 pages. Took pr- Pretty much took me all two years to get through. Uh, Understand. You know, uh, one of the business geniuses, or part of the business genius of, of Steve Jobs is, you know, a lot of businesses, you go to places, and, and uh, the problem with Apple was they were trying to do a little bit of everything, and they they. St- they weren't any good at anything because they were trying to do a little bit of everything. And Jobs came in when he returned. He said, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, and we're going to do this. And we're going to do these three things better than everything else. And that's where the iPod came from. That's where, you know, then the iPhone and everything that kind of mm-hmm. came out of that. And so with our fundraiser, uh, one of the things that I took from that and that I learned. And so, again, kind of that business side of things as you're trying to and, – and, again, as a coach, you got to – you just can't look at – Coach K and what Coach K does on the floor, or, or Pat Summit, or whomever, uh, as a, as a as a coach, I really believe you have to be, you know, a, a really well rounded to run a well rounded program, and that was kind of one of my things. And um, with ours, we we have we have the tournament, we have the raffle baskets, and we have the fifty fifty, and and that's those are the three things that we're going to focus on, and we're going to give everybody a t shirt, and we're going to have a buffet. And and we're gonna and you know what we're gonna pay for somebody. Uh, we 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 paid Taco John's to come in and do a nacho bar buffet, and uh-huh. so I'm not gonna make my parents cook any extra or anything. We'll, we'll pay for that uh, to simplify so our parents can concentrate on the raffle baskets and on those all those other things. And and so keeping the main thing the main thing, uh, not only on the court but off the court. And in this case tonight we're talking about fundraising. I, I think that's so very very important. I would 100% agree with that. And one other thing, you know, in terms of like with your fundraising, you know, make sure that with that money, like there are times that I know programs will put that money away and they won't spend it. They'll, you know, save it for a rainy day, so to speak. And I'm not talking about being fiscally irresponsible, but Mm -hmm. buy something with that money so that the parents can see, hey, those those times that we you know played golf or that we worked at the you know the the football game or we worked in the concession stand or whatever this is the fruits of our labor our mm-hmm. kids got something out of that you know whether it was extra basketball hoops in the gym to shoot at or shooting shirts or whatever the case may be because if you keep putting that money away and it goes you know their their kids graduate that that's going to leave a bad taste in their mouth yeah one of the the key themes that i kept emphasizing to to everybody last night is uh the money that you give us tonight, we want to reinvest into these kids for the next 12 months. Uh, 
Um, and that, and, and I've told my parents that, uh, whatever we make, uh, and, and this is the fun thing that you get to do, especially if you have a good night, you know, we want to spend about 80% of this on this team. So for us this mm-hmm. year, uh, this, this 22, 23 edition of the Fort Cal- Calhoun Pioneers, uh, we want to reinvest about 80% of that money that we made last night into this team over the next 12 months. And we've got some ideas and, and what I did. And again, Tony, it, it looked like an advanced second grader with the handwriting and the artwork, <laughs> but, but I, I, I put together a post, I put together two poster boards and, uh, you know, I can, I can put them out there. I, I still have them. They're out in my car and I can take a picture of them and put them on Twitter for folks. If, if, when we drop this, um, here's what we spent our money on last year. Here's what we plan on spending our money on this year. Yep. And to so that, so that people know that, okay, I'm not going to give this 100 bucks tonight, and that $100 is just going to sit there because – uh, you know, Coach Viss is, is extremely frugal with his with his money. Uh, no, it, the purpose of tonight is to take it and reinvest it back within the program. And so we we made that very clear. And again, with that, we put that visual up of of here's what we spent it on last year, and here's what we spent it on this year, and or here's here's some things that we plan on spending it on this year to to reinvest in our players so uh i think that's a key point that's a great point tony i just think it makes so much sense because if you're you know their kids are seniors and you're planning on spending that money five years later it just it gives them a bad experience with that and so if you can i think 80 percent is is a great goal to spend at least 80 percent with that particular team then those people feel like hey you know that sacrifice that we made that hundred dollars that we gave that time that we put it just it means a lot more to them if you do it that way yes absolutely so uh and again i you know when i when i post those pictures please don't make fun of my handwriting or artwork too much people uh it's kind of like billy madison trying to color the blue duck and staying in the lines here so it's uh, <laughs> it's really 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 good so uh, anything else, buddy? No, I think I think we covered what we needed to there. Some really good uh, nuggets of information and, and pearls of wisdom there. Coaches are absolutely loving our taking over a new program booklet. As many of you know, I spent two years outside of coaching, and during that time, I hung a note card in my workspace at school that said, strip the house down to the studs. I took that time to really rethink and reorganize my thoughts on what it takes to run a transformational program. As I prepared for the possibility of coaching again, I organized these thoughts into this 96-page booklet. How much do I trust this booklet? I used this booklet as I went on interviews to help sell myself and my vision for what my new program would look like. If I'm using it to sell myself, why wouldn't I recommend it to you, my listeners? This booklet will help you look at any part of your program, no matter what stage you're at in your program, and help improve it in some way. It's all yours for only $15, which includes shipping and handling. For more information, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. So it is now trivia time, my friend. Uh-oh. All right. So last week, I'm 1-0. We're going to keep this a, a running uh, a running uh, thing here. All right. Not that either one of us is competitive in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> the joke may become if I'm going to get one right the entire time we do this. <laughs> You'll be fine. You'll be. You're. You. Th- I. I think you. I think you have a good chance of getting tonight's. I think. I think <laughs> you have a good chance. So. So. Um, so, are you ready, sir, for your first crack ready. at basketball trivia? All right. There have been 
in the history uh, in the history of professional basketball. I'm just going to say in the history of American professional basketball, there have been eight players that have scored over thirty thousand points in their career. Okay. Mm-hmm. Only two of those players played for the same team the entire time. Who were they? I think if you think about it, you'll get one pretty easily, but the other one might, I don't know, I might get you on the second one. Man, I'm going to go with Larry Bird. I know his back cut off some years off at the end of his career, but I'm not quite sure if he got to 30,000 or not. Larry Bird is incorrect. Oh, come on. Shoot. The other one I want to say, if Bird didn't get it, I doubt this guy did either. But I want to say Magic Johnson, but he was more more passer than than a scorer. Is Magic Johnson your final answer? Unfortunately, because I can't. I mean, I know Jordan ended up playing for the Wizards and different teams there, and then LeBron's played for several different teams. Kareem started off with the Bucks before going to the Lakers. So you're crossing people off your list right now, my friend. I am. I just uh-huh. can't think of the ones that have stayed with their with their teams the entire time. Well, Irvin Johnson is incorrect, but you had the correct franchise for one of those players. I'll give you a hint. See if you can get that one. Same. So we either, either got to go with the Celtics or the Lakers. No, what? No, no. Irvin Johnson. Oh. So he was wrong, but it's the same franchise for one of the players. For Kobe? He, Kobe is one. Yes, Kobe Bryant scored 33,643 points. Who's the other one? I'll give you one more guess. This is the this is the harder one. Um I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. Was it Carl Malone? I was going to give you a hint, Tony. Oh, my bad. Go ahead. Okay. He did not grow up in the United States. Oh, Akeem? Akeem Olajuwon had 26,946 points. It was, drumroll please, Dirk Nowitzki. Dirk. I would not, I don't, if you had given me another hour, I don't know if I would have come up with Dirk. <laughs> <laughs> that's he said German. I could have. I maybe would have had a shot. Okay. Uh, so yeah, Kareem won. LeBron too. Carl uh, Malone uh, played with the Lakers. That was it. Oh, one or two right. years. One. Him and uh, Gary Payton went to yep. the Lakers trying to get one last ring. Yep. So uh, Kobe four. Uh, Michael Jordan five. You know he had those two Wizards years that none of us would like to remember. Uh, <laughs> Nowitzki six, and then Wilt Chamberlain seven. And then the guy not on the NBA list, but he did score over 30,000 points in his professional career between two, le- two leagues was Julius Irving. But he played for obviously uh, the multiple ABA. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The doctor. The doctor. Julius Irving. So, <laughs> sorry, I got a little wound up on that one, buddy. So. All right. So uh, what are you looking forward to this weekend in sports, Tony? Or this week in sports? You know, the, the WNBA playoffs have been very interesting. You know, we had the Liberty taken game one, mm-hmm. uh, which I think that shocked a lot of people over Chicago. And then I was really surprised that the Dallas Wings 
without Arike, we're able to knock off Connecticut. And so I've uh, been, been kind of in that a little bit and then watching the Yankee free for free fall as uh, they're <laughs> played great. And then all of a sudden now they can't get out of their own way. But those have been, those have been what have been grabbing my attention right now. Well, it, the hard thing is, is for the Yankees, it's, it's just, you know, they've, they've never really won anything, so I'm sure they feel a lot of pressure right now, you know, so yeah. that, that was sarcasm at a very high level, <laughs> I'm just making that clear right now, so I am looking forward to, it is the return of American college football this weekend. Yes. Yes, so uh, here in, in the Omaha area, uh, you know, people are getting fired up for uh, the Nebraska-Northwestern game in Dublin, Ireland. In Ireland, Yes, yeah. so I, I imagine that, uh, you know, Saturday, whenever the game is on, I don't even know what time it comes on, uh, but uh, Carla and I will be watching said uh, American football match somewhere in the city of, of Omaha and in the metro area. So we'll we'll be doing that uh, here on the on the west side of the Missouri River, and that's what I'm looking forward to here this week. It's just the return of college football and yes. football Saturdays and Sundays. It's 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 getting to be about that time, which means we're getting even closer to basketball time, which is the most wonderful time of the year. I don't care what ESPN says. So I agree. Somebody said there's like 80 days or something like that until high school basketball season begins. Oh. So. It will be here before you know it. Yes, it will. Goodness gracious sakes alive, Mr. Viss. Now now you're making me uh now you're making me nervous. I got stuff I got to do before then. So uh uh you know, we've we've got the forest. You know, we've been working on the forest and now we're trying to, you know, take a look at some individual trees here in year 3 with some things and so um you know, just trying to make it better. And so we, now you're putting me on a deadline and now you're making me nervous, buddy. So, but that's all right. So uh all right. Well, hey, uh tony great week this week episode two of the coaching staff uh again tony thanks for your time buddy really appreciate it no problem marty always enjoy it all right for tony viss i am marty plum this is episode two of the coaching staff hope you folks have enjoyed if you have any questions comments suggestions or ideas for this or anything that we do on a pen and a napkin email me a pen and a napkin at gmail.com uh, check out the Twitter handle, a pen and a, add a pen and a napkin. Uh, check out this uh, and let us know what fundraising ideas do you have. Uh, what are some some things that you uh, consider that you do within your program uh, that we didn't talk about here tonight that might help uh, the type of fundraising that we talked about here tonight to help programs be successful that you have tr- used in a tried and true method within your program. So, coaches, as always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time.